StatsNet Original Podcast. Welcome to Season 2 of the Diffability Podcast, brought to you by the DadsNet and Get Cycling. All kinds of cycles for all kinds of people. Head over to getcycling.org.uk forward slash diffability to find out more and to book your own demo. I'm Paul and this is Michael. Hello. And we are parents to four children, our younger twins, Loton and Lance, and our 16-year-old boys who are soon going to be 17, Levi and Lucas who have autism, epilepsy, along other complex disabilities. And together, we are the Atwell Bryce family. In this podcast, we'll be taking a look at a range of different conditions that can affect your children and speaking to experts from various organisations to get you the best advice out there. From early detection to helpful resources and even some tips and tricks to make everyday life that little bit easier. In this episode, we'll be looking at anxiety in children. We've likely all had feelings of anxiety at some point in our lives. The feeling of unease, worry or fear that can be mild or it can be severe It's the main symptom of a number of conditions and can be part of a condition called general anxiety disorder, which causes you to feel anxious about a wide range of situations and events. If you have felt it before, you know how debilitating it is. Now imagine if you were a child having those feelings. Penny is really knowledgeable, with many years experience dealing with families and children in these scenarios, and has loads of great advice on spotting anxiety earlier in your children. The warning signs, the importance of honesty, and the role of active listening. I get the impression you are going to be very popular on this podcast, Penny, because anxiety affects everybody doesn't it and welcome to the Diffability podcast as well yeah thank you for inviting me i'm very delighted to be here and you are so right i think all of us at some point in our lives have suffered anxiety whether it's through a major work event or you know most recently of course through the pandemic and then the war in ukraine so um we're thinking today about our children um, and they've had experiences that many of us haven't had in our lives. I mean, the pandemic is, I hope, once in a lifetime event, and it has been very unsettling for them. So ourselves and other organisations like us have been seen loads more earls of children that haven't been coping, so it's very sad. Yeah, we notice, obviously, we've got four children, our older two are severely autistic, and when the schools and stuff just closed down. As younger two were at nursery, so everything that they used to get in nursery, the mixing with the children and playing with different things. The same as the social aspect yeah, as well, the, They lost all that like early development with the children, so when they did start to go back, I think it's affected even like the younger children and so many different children, aren't it? especially with what happened with the pandemic and all the schools closing down. Yeah. So you must be so overwhelmed with like referrals and work at the moment, Penny. Yeah, you made a very interesting point there, mentioning children with neurodiversity, because for many of those, actually being at home with parents was delightful in some ways, because they didn't have to deal with the difficult bit that they find so hard around socialisation. However, conversely, they do like their routine, they do like their structure. Children generally like structure and routine, and that was all removed for them. And then suddenly, they're all back to 
absolutely normal in inverted commas um, and one of the big problems that we've seen is the rise in social anxiety in schools report so many more school refusing and you've only got to think about those children in transition and how in recent years, the year six children have had so much preparation, haven't they? They, they will go to their new secondary schools for odd days to, to help them bed in and find out. And of course, all of that went with the window. Half of them, they missed out their, their endings. We work towards endings the whole way through year six with their, their visits, their celebrations and preparing them for being the biggest and moving up. And all that went. So actually, the bit, one of the big groups um, we found really have found it very difficult uh, those now in year eight that they were in about year six seven at that time and really struggled with those transitions so um yeah they have found it particularly difficult yes so, so penny with cams and other nhs services completely overstretched at the moment what other support help and advice is available for people struggling with anxiety Okay, so I would agree with you, like all NHS services, they're under immense strain. And I would argue that from a mental health perspective, demand is is, is so much worse um, now. Yeah. Um, so if I start with the low level stuff, because I think you've already acknowledged that waiting times are really hard. So things that parents can do in, in the early stages, we can go through in a little bit more detail. But there are some fabulous books out there that they can use. I know, I know books are less popular if you want to say social media, but actually for younger children in particular, having concrete things to hold and touch is quite useful for them. So, I mean, I, it's, I don't want to give a lengthy list. I use one called the Panicosaurus, um, which I love for younger children, which teaches them about mindfulness and breathing. And it's beautiful pictures and there are a whole load out like that. So that's a really good early starting point. There are yeah. some very good online resources. You've got, like with always with online, you have to be careful what you go for. But there are ones from Action for Children, the NSPCC, reputable people like that, that give some very good help help pointers and suggestions around anxiety so they're the early help bit yeah um and then you have got organizations such as my own kids inspire other charities um who are you know helping and supporting um yeah. organizations such as cams and providing both group and one-to-one -one support um things like forest school all all those kinds of things can be immensely helpful and do a fabulous job um you know and don't always get the the, the profile of, of cams but yeah. um yeah we're, we're always there um and for us we we not only do one-to-one -one support and thankfully the waiting times are a little bit shorter but also um we do groups i mean we have a music group for example we're about to start um for the teenagers and then we do um, something called crew where we work with parents and children in a day or over a period yeah. of saturdays to help them manage anxiety learn what it is and what parents can do as well as the children themselves so there's there's all sorts of other things out there to support yeah. families i think that that's really helpful what you've just said about the early help and going online to the uh, nspcc and, uh, and action for children because you are, you're always just focused to the NHS, aren't you, as a parent, or to CAMS, and there is other stuff out, out there available. And and I think if, you, if you're suffering in the early stages and you notice some anxiety in your children, they're probably really good resources to, to hook onto and, and to tap into. But you, you just, I think that's really going to be helpful for parents, isn't it, to, 
to hear that that there is stuff there's a lot of stuff online obviously but they're like you've said the reptile organizations and charities that you can turn to as well yes and you know we cross fertilize and signpost to each other so um yeah. And also yeah. don't forget, you've got support from schools, pastoral care in schools are very good. And they do know a lot of these resources, as do GPs, who I know are under huge pressure themselves. Because if you were a parent who had a child that was suffering very badly with anxiety, as a parent, I kind of put myself in their situation. It would be like a minefield, wouldn't it? You wouldn't know where to start, where to go, um, where to get the help. I presume a lot of parents might feel that way at the early stages when they realise their child is suffering very badly with anxiety. Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? Because, I mean, like with any illness, parents go through a range of emotions and one of those is guilt, isn't it? And their own anxiety, oh my goodness, what do I do here? This is, I'm unprepared for this. I mean, most of us as parents go through that at every milestone. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, how do I do? And, and we do, we cope and we get through it. Um, but it's just to have a calm, solid head on your shoulders. Do not forget that children pick up on our anxieties and I was thinking in, in the run-up to this interview about goodness me how, how fraught the last two weeks have been around the cost of living and food banks and how people are going to afford their rents and mortgages and how much comes across to children through through media you know radios television or overhearing parents parents are terrible at not thinking their children hearing what, what they're going through. Children are very good at picking up on, on parents' anxieties. So the best advice I can give is around the first stage, just look to yourself and just take a deep breath. Practice what I want you to start preaching, which is around mindfulness, relaxation, and it will be okay. Let's calm, take a pause, um, and think sensibly about the steps that you can take. And one of the biggest things you can do is about quality time with your children to listen. And I just noticed that advert on television that's come up in the last few weeks, which is about the child, oh, no, it's fine, it's fine. But actually the dad puts down his phone, he sits there, and then the child spontaneously says, well, actually, I'm not. Um, and that's the thing. We're very bad nowadays. We'll, we'll perhaps cooking the dinner or texting or social media and saying, oh, how did you have a nice day at school? But actually, we're not active listening. So one of the first things parents can do, which will be really important, is, is active listening to their children. That's an, that were another important tip as well, because we do that a lot. You, you'll talk as a couple about problems and things going up, and like you've just said, the credit crisis and everything like that. And you just assume that the kids are just playing in the background doing their own thing, but a lot of times they are listening in and it can have an effect on them, I suppose, if, if we're showing anxiety and worry, then that's going to go to them as well, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, it's really important you say that because they, um, they do pick up on things. Um, you know, when you've got warring parents that are approaching, you know, separation and divorce and one will say, oh, they can't hear, they're too, they're too young, it's a classic, isn't it? But actually children are very, very astute. Um, so you, you need to be slightly worried about one, where you have these conversations and how you have these conversations. I, I think that for most children, honesty is good. But there's a different thing where I will have children sometimes sat in front of me and give me immense detail on redundancies and crises at home. And I think, oh, my goodness, I'm not entirely sure that was age appropriate. So just think about the words you use 
and how you give your messaging. So it's absolutely fine that children know that, you know, the pandemics happened, that there is a war in Ukraine. But whether you want to, to get them to sit and listen on the way to school every day in the car, doom and gloom stuff on the radio, perhaps not. You know, it's about achieving a balance and not going into the minute details of your finances, but saying, no, it's a bit hard, a bit tougher at the moment. So they're, they're, it's realistic and they don't think they're being lied to. The worst thing you can do is lie to children because they see through that and they learn not to trust adults. What can parents do, um, Penny, to identify like early signs of anxiety and and to try and you know help that when it's new creeping in type of thing? Yeah, and I, I, you're, you're right. We need to we need to nip things in the bud, and therefore they're much easier to problem solve. So, uh, our parents are pretty good at picking up on their kids, but I'm, I think that. We've spoken about the active listening. Make sure you're observant about your children. There's a surprising number, particularly older children, hide away in their bedroom. It's typical teenage behaviours. They're off in their bedroom on their social media. You need sort of to keep a watching brief on that because these things can escalate. You need, and most of them are much, much better. They sit and learn coding, don't they, at school now? Um, you know, a dinosaur like me didn't start learning the internet until I was in my 20s or whatever. So, um, we need to, to watch them on so, on social media and the sites they're going on to. And there are help. The, we, we spoke about the NSPCC. There's, and, uh, there are fabulous websites which tell you about internet safety um, to help you with that one. Um, but but watch if they start to say, oh, I, I don't want to go to trampolining anymore. Oh, no, I don't want to do that sleepover. Or, or they're, they're obviously not sleeping or their appetite's changing. Um Clearly, when you've got things like appetite changing and, and a withdrawal, you need to just have one mind on it not being a physical thing that's happening. So don't ignore anything like that. But they can be some of the early signs or not having as many friends or not wanting to go to school or, or much poorer concentration. They're the very early signs that you can start to pick up on that, that your child is not functioning quite as well as, as they were previously. And you may have obvious things. Clearly, you know, if, if a grandparent has died or one of their, if they've had a fight with their friends, you know, they are trigger factors or they've moved to a new school and it's a struggle settling in. I mean, those are obvious trigger factors, but there may be other non-obvious ones. that. It is, yeah. It, that, that is a big worry for parents now. Obviously, going back to, again, when all we were children, it was just playing out and there wasn't no technology and you didn't, everybody, all children didn't you have did, a, You didn't have social phone, media yeah. then, did you? So, and I, I'm the first to say social media can either be your best friend or it can be your worst enemy. Yeah. And um, you, because so many children are on social media. And have a phone from a young age and, yeah. And if you look at Instagram, you know, and you follow certain accounts, everything looks perfect, you know, and then you start looking at yourself thinking, well, my life's not as good as that. And I just think, you know, I, th I think sometimes with social media aspects, we lose the real life part of things. Would you agree with that? I, I, that's a really important um, point. I think one of the first schools I went to work in when I was with Kids Inspire, and nearly all the children I worked in uh, worked with had had cyberbullying, that which is a completely unknown phenomenon to us when we were tiny. Um, and you're right, Instagram, Snapchat, all of these things. People don't post the boring, mundane stuff, do they? They post 
they've got 10,000 friends and contacts and aren't they wonderful and they bought this, they bought that. Um, and that means the average kid's feeling really inadequate and um, it finds it really difficult to measure up. So our ideals, and it is an idealistic, a bit like photoshopping, you know, that wanting to be the ideal body shape or whatever, um, these almost set children up to fail because these are unattainable. I think you've just you've made an absolutely vital point, which is why we need to be slightly careful and, you know, and, and say what we can give children the reality check. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. I'm going to ask you what would be your top three tips to anybody that's listening to the Differability podcast where they might be having issues with um, identifying anxiety. Or it might be a young person themselves who is listening to this and they are thinking, I have anxiety, but I don't know where to turn. Okay. Well, I'm going to, my experience of Kids Inspire, I'm going to give you three. And one is because we particularly work with families and not just children. Um, And there are a number of people that that send children to us and CAMs elsewhere to be fixed, in inverted commas. Um, And children are part of a system. They're part of a family system and a school system. So the first point I want to make is to look to thyselves as parents Okay, because so often with children with anxiety, they have anxious parents as well. Um, And our messaging is really, really important. Okay, so to try and reflect on how we are communicating with our children, the language we use, the attention we give. And are we giving the message that the world is a very unsafe place and therefore, oh, no, you can't go to the park because you might might get attacked or whatever else. We need to think about how we're projecting our own anxiety or not onto children. So if we are able to get help if we need it um, and send out positive messaging and comfort and support to the children. That's a really, really important thing to do first. That's the most important thing. Okay, So the, the children start to realise that after these awful things that happen, it will be okay again. Life is going to be all right. You will be successful and it's okay. You know, I went to school for however many years. I was fine. You will be fine. You know, it's not a bad place to go to. So that's the first thing. The second one is associated with that. When people are struggling, they often feel shame and anxiety themselves around that and and overwhelm, don't we? If if something happens with our children, we feel out of our comfort zone and don't know how to, to, to deal with it. And so the second thing is do not be ashamed to ask for help. So do go to the GP. Do speak to the school and do tell your friends and family. So when your child is with them, they can continue the strategy you've got, which is positive messaging, encouraging them to do the sleepover or to make sure in school they get that little bit of extra attention and help they need to to socialise, be with a friend, perhaps a buddy or mentor or something. Schools are fabulous at, at at supporting if they know there's a problem. Often they don't, so... That, that can also be helpful. And number three is around the children. And there's a whole array of strategies that you can use with children. Um, one of the ones I often use is worry monsters for children that struggle at bedtime because they've just got so much going on in their head. So we, we at Kids Inspire have ladies who've knitted, or volunteers knitted these worry monsters. So you get your child to write down the little worry and anxiety and and then they post it into the little pocket so that actually the worry monster looks after their anxiety overnight and there's a whole load of things like that and I've got here the Hoberman spheres and these are fabulous these teach the children about breathing 
So when they get all panicky and hyperventilate, these are fabulous and can help you teach breathing. So I'd be encouraging breathing and mindfulness for children. I know it has a, a mixed press, but if children can just stop and take stock, I mean, maybe squeeze a stress ball, whatever it is, all helps calm them down until their rational brain kicks in so they're not in panic fright flight mode even I use fidget toys now so if I'm working with very anxious children I'll automatically put them on the table because it it helps calm down their their motor point of view and focus on what they need to be focusing on so I'm I'm a great advocate for them I think particularly if you've got children that've got neurodiversity yeah they're an absolute godsend so yeah I just want to say, um, it's been delightful, Penny, to have you on the Differability podcast today. But what I do want you to tell our listeners is, where can they find your service? What um, what are your angles on social media? Ah, we have a website, um, kidsinspire.org.uk. Um, there are some inform- There is some information on there about the services we offer. We're always, like all charities, on the lookout for volunteers. Um, where we are within Essex, we're doing a, um, a Christmas appeal at the, at the moment. We're just about to start that because we try and we've been talking about, we started, didn't we, talking about the cost of living crisis. Yeah. So we're looking for donations and nominations for people that would benefit in, in the area around. Um, so, um, yes, we're all, always on the lookout for help and support for people who are interested and as a, to use our site as a resource for referring yeah. and and for getting help. Yeah. And you, I presume you're available on Facebook and Instagram as well. We are indeed. Yes. So if anybody's listening to this and they want to reach out to you, they can also access you guys on those social media platforms as well. Absolutely, and we'd be delighted to help and support where we can. Oh. We also like uh, we we like to go into schools and do teaching and to answer yeah. conversations and to help them around anxiety and trauma. So, um, absolutely. Thank you so much, Penny. I'm it's been a joy to have you on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Every episode, we want to share with you our top tips and recommendations for getting out and about with your kids, whatever their abilities or needs are. This is Get Outdoors with Get Cycling. Get Cycling provide all kinds of cycles for all kinds of people. That's everything from trikes and tandems to wheelchair-friendly bikes and the ones with harnesses too. Head over to getcycling.org.uk forward slash Differability to find out more and to book your own demo. So, in this episode, we'd like to recommend um, getting out and about, taking your bikes to the National Trust. Um, they've got lots of different places, so you can just head over to their website with at the parks where you're allowed to take bikes. Our local one is Clumber Park. And we have been there quite a few times with the kids, and the kids have really enjoyed it. We're going from personal experience to what our children like which we hope a lot of your children will like as well. Yeah, so we really enjoyed going through the forest. Um, you know, you're out in the nature. The trails are quite good. They're quite flat. Don't take your white trainers <laughs> like I did. But yeah, have a look online and there's lots of different parks all across the UK that, that can cater for bikes. 
and we really love taking the boys bikes there and just being out there's squirrels and wildlife and just being at one with nature yeah. and it's very peaceful and you're kind of away from the whole stress of everyday life and suddenly you feel very very quite calm and chilled and that has an impact on our children as well as a lot of our listeners will know that too. and do check out as well a lot of places like this uh, offer there's disabled parking uh, sometimes it's free sometimes you can get free carers tickets so always when you go to places like this for bike rides or a day out check out the website and see if you can get free carers tickets or a discount because many of them do do that our recommendation is visit one of your local national trust parks they have plenty of spaces where you can enjoy great views with great wildlife all from your very own saddle And that's all from us for this episode. If you have found this podcast useful, then make sure to check out the other episodes we have available and share it with other parents. The best thing we can do as parents of children with additional needs is to keep talking, keep sharing and keep helping each other out. After all, we are all in this together. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can find us on Instagram at family, or click the link in the description below. Thanks for listening.